Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bleak mug. That fucking dunk. I mean, that shit had me. I'm laying on my couch. I got my knee up, you know, with some ice on it. And that shit had me up jumping off, off my couch. And of course, shout out to Domas, another triple double. You know, he's our steady guy, always, always um, there to pick us up, even during whether it be in a win like this. I appreciate this team also having that kind of men in black mentality of we can erase the last game and come out the next one and keep going. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Along with my co-pilots, Naima and Elizabeth. What's going on? What's up, y'all? Hey, y'all. Let's begin. First quarter, MF Domas makes the first seven points. Kings look like the beam team that we all know and love. De'Aaron Fox makes back-to-back threes. Kings up five. Second quarter, Sasha comes in and immediately hits a three. Keon Ellis gets a steal. Drop off to Malik Monk for another slam of the year contender. Fox and Uncle Keegs show off their mid-range black belts and hit fadeaways and pull-ups. Suns get a few random technicals near the end of the quarter. Kings up 11. Elizabeth and Naima, thoughts from the first half? Yeah, I really like how they came out aggressive. Uh, Obviously, the Suns didn't have Nurkic, so you got to get down low. You got to go after their bigs. And that's what they did perfectly to start the game. I mean, Sabonis started off with seven straight points. He was attacking, uh, you know, the basket and things like that, getting to the free throw line. So. That's what you got to do. And then, yeah, De'Aaron hit a couple threes to start. The game was nice to see. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three on eight, pretty much eight attempts a game. And that's a huge jump, um, you know, from what he's done previously in his career. And then his free throws tonight, too. He made, I think, every free throw but one. Um, so that's obviously a positive as well. So, yeah, the first quarter, first half, they came out um, guns blazing. And it was just nice to see, uh, especially after that loss on Wednesday. Yeah, um, I love the awareness, like Liz said, like understanding that uh, Yusuf Nurkic is not going to play today. So like attack the paint. And that's exactly what Doma said. I just really enjoyed how Kings, they just played team basketball in that first half and they were just sharing the ball and they weren't complacent in that first half. I mean, uh, Phoenix were, you know, um, it was close in that first half and everything but they understood like hey we have the advantage we got to take advantage of the paint and things like that we didn't kings didn't fall in love with just shooting the three um so that was good to see as well absolutely third quarter domas finds fox on a cut and fox catches the pass with one hand and lays it in gorgeous play uncle keegs hits back-to-back threes monk gets another dunk after hb gets a steal off kevin durant Senator Harrison Barnes, it's a fadeaway to end the quarter. Kings up by 19. Fourth quarter, Suns announcers are claiming the Kings have quit on defense and want the Suns to just give up. Sorry, not happening. Suns miss their shots on cue. Kings wrap this up early. Light the beam chance come early. Kings win 120-105. Who would have thought a Kevin Durant 
led Phoenix Suns team would be a get right win for the Kings. It is what it is. Elizabeth and Naima. So I got to say, Malik Monk, that fucking dunk. I mean, that shit had me. I'm laying on my couch. I got my knee up, you know, with some ice on it. Uh, and that shit had me up jumping off, off my couch. Like, holy shit. I'm sorry. Like, I know him, Keegan, and De'Aaron. I think De'Aaron's kind of a little bit out of the running because he's trying not to dunk as much, especially with that ankle and stuff, because we don't know if it's, you know, still 100%. Um, obviously, it looks 100%, but you still never know with those type of ankle injuries because they do t- tend to linger. Um, but I think this dunk competition is between Keegan and Malik. And I'm sorry, I love Keegan, but there's no, like, Keegan, Keegan would have to do some, like, crazy-ass shit to top that Malik Monk dunk. Um, so shout out to him for that dunk. And then I got to give shout out to Harrison Barnes. He had a great game tonight, finished the game with 19 points. Um, and he had, I think, stellar defense on Kevin Durant pretty much all night. Kevin Durant still got his obviously, but that's what Kevin Durant does. He's, he's a fucking sniper. That's, you know, that's what they call him easy money sniper. Um, but I thought, you know, Barnes was getting over the screens very well. He was up in his face, you know, not making any shot easy. Um, so I love watching. Harrison Barnes kind of, you know, with this overstretch of this this homestand, um, he's been playing really well. So shout out to him. But great win tonight. They got back in the win column, especially after that embarrassing loss on Wednesday. That's what you're supposed to do, um, you know, kind of change a lot of things. And I thought defensively tonight, there was a lot of good things defensively as well. Um, I thought they kind of got sloppy in the second half uh, and kind of started settling for the three a little bit too much. Um, but, hey, we got the win and then on to the next one tomorrow night. Yeah, it was just, like Liz said, it was just a solid win. And it was great to see that the entire starting lineup all finished in double figures and scoring. Um, we just, all, everyone just played well. I especially love the lob that Fox threw to um, Kevin Herter, where he dunked. And then Kev, they both were, like, smiling, like, yeah, I can get up. You know, he's, like, six seven, so why not? So, yeah, it was just a solid overall team win. And of course, shout out to Domas, another triple double. You know, he's our steady guy, always, always um, there to pick us up, even during whether it be in a win like this or anything like that. So just, you know, Domas just seems to, I don't know, he, he does this like every night. And we, I think we take him for granted if we're being, if I'm being honest, I don't think we hear enough Domas praise, especially in national media, because if it's, if it was in any other player down south, uh, it would, man, they would be screaming it from the rooftop. So, like, a uh, shout out to Domas and great win, light the beam. I'm glad you mentioned MF Domas. Um, he had another triple double, like he gets them with ease. They look easy when he gets his double doubles as well. So yeah, I'm glad we're giving him praise. Still taken for granted. Uh, Rissé's tweet is so true. Um, what he does for this team is absolutely amazing. I think we could say too, uh, you know, can we, can we start to question, uh, you know, maybe the Pacers traded the wrong big on their team, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm just trolling, but uh, it's just crazy what, you know, Sabonis does on a nightly freaking basis. I mean, like tonight, he was super aggressive, which I love when he's aggressive. The guys were getting him the ball, a um, bunch of screens, you know, pick and rolls, things like that. Uh, so shout out to them for feeding him, you know, when there was a mismatch down low, clearly. Um, but yeah, it just what he does, even when he's like not having the greatest like game, you know, he's still averaging a double double. That's what's so great about him. Like he literally 
walks on the court and he just instantly gets a double double. It's crazy. So shout out to him. He just continues to bring it. And uh, yeah, I just love um, when this team, you know, is playing and, you know, kind of on all cylinders, you know, playing the right way, doing what they need to do. And uh, Keegan tonight also had a great game, started off slow in the first half and then got to go in the second half. So good for them to close out this game, get some of the starters a little bit of rest because you got the back to back tomorrow. David, what's up? Yeah, all right. Um, I was just going to add, like, I, unlike a lot of other fans, I didn't really look at, like, the Boston game as, like, proof on whether we're elite or not. Because in my mind, it's like um, getting your ass kicked in, like, a game against a really good team doesn't prove, oh, you're going to be this good or that. I look at that more as, like, how did you do – when we're talking about, like, the difference between good and elite, it's about, like, elite's more about proving in, like, the playoff series, right? So the fact that we've won some playoff games and the question then becomes, can we win like a few series this year? And that kind of to me and like beating other teams that are pretty high is good in your own conference because it helps you with, you know, better positioning because I increased that chance. But that's kind of where I'm at. So I always found it weird when like a lot of people were like, this proves that we're not able to compete for a championship. I'm like, if that's what you were waiting for, I found that kind of odd to me. I'm like, I'm just looking at more as the, hey, We've shown we can win playoff games. Hopefully we can win some series this year. And, you know, if we make it to the finals, awesome. Um, do I expect us to be there? Not necessarily, but, hey, we have as good of a shot as uh, some of the other teams in, like, the upper echelons outside of the Nuggets, in my mind. Um, does that mean that we will? No, <laughs> not necessarily, right? I think we'll win some series and stuff like that. Um, but that's how I look at it. It's more of, can you prove this by winning playoff series? And then that's kind of where I look at elite more. And like that, so that's why I didn't really, I didn't get that upset about the Boston game for that reason. It was like, yeah, you sometimes hear ass kick and that sucked, but I didn't see that as like a test on one way or the other. That's where I'm different. I look at like series of games. Yeah. I don't that. think they, they just looked at that one game and said, Oh no, we're not elite. It was more of a, for me, it was a cumulative effect of seeing them lose by 20 in large margins to the Pels, to the Rockets. And then, losing to other great teams. And then granted, I, I know we did beat the Nuggets and, and we do we did beat the Timberwolves. And yeah, I hold that in my heart. And it's like, okay, this is a good team. But there is a difference. And it's nice to see levels to this. And so losing to the Celtics, it's like, okay, we have a ways to go. There's still litmus tests. And, and I know some people believe in litmus tests and some people don't. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You know, either you win or you don't. You can kind of gauge where you're at, I feel. And it doesn't mean it's set in stone. It just means what you need to improve on. That makes sense. Like if the playoffs were to start today, I wouldn't feel confident of us reaching the Western Conference Finals. But that's why we have five to six months to improve. Um, we'll see. Um, and, and by the way, since everyone always cries when national media um, shits on our team, we don't praise the other members of national media enough for writing good things and creating great content about us. I retweeted and quote tweeted that Mark Schindler article, which is very complimentary to the Kings. Um, and it kind of follows the perspective of, of this space, our podcast, where we know that we're good. Maybe we're not elite yet. Uh, we have patience. It's just, it's just a wonderful article. Hopefully you read it. Uh, I'll try to post it up here on the Beamtron. also. And I know uh, Jill quote tweeted this, uh, there's a YouTube video by, I think Alex hoops. Am I right, Jill? And, uh, it talks about Keegan Murray and his emergence as, as possibly our third star, really good stuff. 
that's the stuff that we should be quoting, uh, quote tweeting and retweeting and sharing and talking about instead of bashing somebody. Because we all know. We're, yeah. You everybody right. hates Alex us. Hoops. It's Alex Hoops. You were correct. Yes. Thank you, Jill. Um, really good. And uh, and I've been meaning to clip a part of that video just to quote tweet it and, and further give it more uh, attention. Jill, always good to have you. What's going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, no, they're four and one since I've been in Colorado, so I appreciate that. Uh, but no, I think one thing Mike Brown has done so far this year, kind of going back to what Emmy's kind of that whole conversation is, he's kind of riding the hot hand of the game. And so game to game, we're kind of seeing rotation adjustments based on, I would say, who the hot hand of the game is, if that makes sense. Um, like we saw, you know, more Kevin this game or games we see more Monk. Um, at times we even see Ellis. We've seen more Sasha at times. Um, that I think we've seen Lyles. I think it very much just depends on your matchup and how the game is going. And I do at least appreciate that, that he kind of has this core that he's going to at this point, but it fluctuates on who's kind of hot that game or not that game. So that's something I think that is standing out as as we kind of go on. Sabonis shut a lot of people up again, which great. Um, I love that. But I think this kind of just goes to show, you know, with the NBA, like it's in so many instances, it's matchup based. And there are certain teams you just match up really well against and other teams you don't. And at least so far this season, um, the Suns are a team that we have been able to match up well against. And so I appreciate the Kings taking advantage when those opportunities have come and a big reason why they're 17 and 10, right? You would think with all the crap that gets, you know, thrown on this team that they're not 17 and 10. So I appreciate this team also having that kind of men in black mentality of, we can erase the last game and come out the next one and keep going. Um, there are still things that, you know, that frustrate me in the game where I feel like when we get up on teams, we just start chucking threes. And I know we're kind of a live and die by the three team, but um, I would like to see them go to the basket more <laughs> when, when we're up 29 and not allow a 13 and two run. And I want to say, like, it wasn't even just tonight. That's something we've kind of seen in other games where you see five or six threes just shot in a row and it's get to the basket. Like, they don't have that, at least with the Suns, right? They don't have that dominant center that's stopping you from getting to the basket. And so I just feel like we have these stretches where we just start chucking things up and kind of get away from what could be working or at least realizing who's on the court against you and, and knowing, but again, like those are things that we're in year two of these processes like that, that'll come. But I mean, again, you won, it's a small thing to gripe about, but just things I would like to see them get better on as, as it goes. Uh, you can't have Mike calling a timeout every time and, and telling these guys. So at some point you hope that the players on the court do kind of realize these things. Um, and I think that's also kind of the growing process of of this group. So 
I'll take the win. Um, hopefully they show up tomorrow. This could be a good, let's hope that this is one of the good back-to-backs that we haven't seen so far this season. So um, hoping for something different tomorrow compared to what we've seen in previous back-to-backs. And I will say, I think this will be interesting and Towns will be out, but they will have Jaden back and he was not there the first matchup. So I'm curious to see how they go against him since I view him as their best defender um, in terms of the Wolves. So... And he's the, the prototypical type of player that we have trouble Oh my against. God. He, he'd be the perfect, right? He would be the guy that we're looking for too, that you mentioned that's just kind of not realistically available in terms of price for guys that we want, but that's kind of the guy you're looking for hundred percent. And I really wish I had more time to watch, you know, league pass and watch the other teams. I know there are some up and coming players that are going to be Jaden McDaniels and, 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 you know, like a Tari Eason. Of course, Tari Eason's not going anywhere. I wish we had. So good. Any. Yep. Um, but yeah, and I have a question for you later. I know. I know Liz wants to um, say something. Liz, go ahead. Yeah, I just kind of want to touch base on you know kind of what we're talking about. Um, I like. I think tonight, like a big thing for me, because I think Mike Brown said it in his post game uh, on against the Celtics on the loss. You know that he was kind of bummed that we weren't like pushing the pace. And I thought tonight we did a really great job, um, especially in that first half of like pushing the pace. I mean, they were getting out quick. De'Aaron was running the floor. I mean, we had a lot of guys, you know, kind of leaking out. So I think they really did a nice job on that tonight, um, getting back those fast break points because Wednesday, especially like what was disappointing about Wednesday is when you have a team on a back-to-back, you need to push the pace. And that's something um, that we didn't see very much on Wednesday. So I like that they adjusted to that as well tonight. So Jill, and this question for, is for everybody. I do want Jill to answer this first though. Um, are we overvaluing Siakam and or OG? I mean, is there really a player that you would want to mortgage uh, our future for? And, and I'm talking, you know, probably two first round picks and, and some of our role players that I think that's what it would take to get somebody who would take us over the hump, but I just don't see that player. Yeah. And I think you're based on the price, right? That's the Kings are at that kind of precipice where it's, you have to hit that next move. And so unless the price is right, you have to, you have to make sure you hit it because if you're giving up the role players and the picks that you at least we are hearing that are being asked for. Um, it has to work and it can't miss. And one of the good things about this group assembled so far is their depth. So if you're getting rid of all that depth and it misses, things could get ugly. Um, and that's where it kind of scares me and I'm happy I'm not making those decisions. But those are the, I would say the prototypes you're looking for, but that's where I kind of, start looking around the edges and the Dorian Finney-Smith, the Royce O'Neal's, um, Caruso, depending on if the Bulls end up even going there. Um, Patrick Williams, right, with the Bulls. But, I mean, they're on their own streak as it is. So I could see them just trying to get as much for Levine and riding everybody else out. Um, but those are the kind of, like, 3 and D prototypes I would look for. 
Um, but also I even look at, can you keep Barnes and, you know, go for like a Davion Duarte? Can you combine those two and maybe get like a, a Thibault from Portland where you can have Thibault and you keep Barnes and you can figure out how you work those guys in a rotation on who's starting, who's coming off. Um, because I think if you could get someone and somehow keep Barnes and even have him on the bench, if he's not starting, depending on if you get something that's an upgrade, um, that takes you even farther in terms of depth. So it's going to be interesting for Monty. And, um, and that's where even the off season comes into play because you're not necessarily worrying about matching salaries, right? Like you can, more moves are even available then where we know they were working those moves, trying to get the Siakam, trying to get OG in the off season. And it just didn't work because the price of Toronto has always just been high. Um, so if even if they can work the edges here and then somehow make a move in the offseason to even bolster it more, I don't think it has to be this year. Like, I thought Mark did a really good job of even highlighting that piece of it doesn't have to happen right away if it's not the right move. Because if you make the move and it doesn't work, you can screw yourself even more. So you're, you're moving along at the pace you want. And I know we're always of the, we want the instant reactions now, but you really have to hit it if you're going to make that instant reaction move. So if there are, you know, those edge pieces available, I wouldn't be surprised if Monty goes for that. And I only say Thibault because I even, Monty and Brown really wanted him last, um, last deadline. And they thought they had him 30 minutes up to the deadline. So I could see them still going for those kind of edge pieces. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if they're able to do it with the players that are sitting on the bench and not necessarily um, providing minutes at the moment, if that makes sense. And, and Thibault's in my good graces again. I think he's shooting 40% now from three. Uh, he is for like a year and a half. He's mm. been steady. Yeah. So, yeah, if it's that Thibault, um and Brown, totally say, Brown really wanted him. So if if that's possible and Portland sh- somehow makes him available, I could see that being something they try and re-go after. And he immediately becomes a Bruce Brown type of piece. Perfect connector. Because um, I, well, I, I too. Oh, sorry, dude, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say. I, I truly believe Colby Jones is going to be that piece for us uh, in the next year or two. It's just not going to happen this year just because he's a rookie and needs to f- learn the finer nuances of the game. But if we get Tybal, who is a vet, he'd be the perfect, perfect piece that would take us over the top. And then I was going to say, freaking Harrison Barnes is the perfect piece for a championship team that comes off the bench. Right. If you can manage a, a around the edges piece and keep Barnes, your things are looking up. <laughs> no, he would be a, a more serviceable our Jeff Green. You know what I mean? Uncle Jeff yep. Green, like yep. like Denver had. You need those vets like that. So yeah, I, I personally want to keep Harrison Barnes. And again, by the way, I tweeted this. Uh Harrison Barnes is still accepting your apology forms until January uh 2024. Yeah, no, I just like just on this conversation, you know, I mean Jill said it perfectly, like we we kind of have to like the next move kind of has to be that right move because Again, I'll go back to it. Like the Phoenix Suns were literally just in the, you know, Western Conference Finals, the finals. And then they decided to mortgage like their future to get Kevin Durant. And as of right now, 
it's not a very big sample size, but they're trending in the opposite direction. They're not trending in the good direction that they should be trending. And that's a bad sign for them because when you mortgage your future like that, you have to basically like, and you're putting your chips in, you know, all your chips in the basket, you either got to win or you kind of screwing yourself. So as of right now, they have absolutely no depth because they mortgaged all of their future are putting basically all of their salary cap towards those big guys. And then all of their bench guys are, I think making like all basically of nothing. Like they basically filled like a couple million here and there with those contracts. And it's not paying off because if you're missing your guys like Bradley Beal, a Kevin Durant, you, there's no, there's no scoring coming off that bench. Like they're going to be struggling. Like, yeah, some guys can go off on a certain game or hit some threes, things like that, but they're not consistent enough to kind of hold the fort down while those guys are out. So yeah, this next move that Monty makes, and I agree, I don't think it needs to be like a right now or by the trade deadline. Like it could possibly come in the off season. Just you got to be patient with it. And again, it's kind of very important. You got to hit on that next move. And I would even be looking at the Wizards, right? They have new top-level management. And there's a lot of pieces there that you could even possibly pick off without mortgaging anything. So, I mean, that's another team that I think contenders should be looking at um, or even, you know, people looking around the edges that if you can piece some of those guys off, that might be some good bargain hunting in terms of maybe you give up a guy at the end of the bench and one first and that's it. And in, and in this market, that could end up being a bargain compared to, you know, what other people are asking for. Oh, give me Isaiah Stewart from Detroit, please. Another, yeah, yeah be still. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Liz and Naima, any last words? No, I think, uh, you know, great one tonight and uh, on to the next one tomorrow and light the beam. I was just going to say, like, uh, tomorrow is going to be, you know, a test. And I hope that one of these, as Jill was saying, like, this is the back, a back to back game where we actually, like, you know, come out and show some effort and actually get a win. Minnesota's not going to be easy, even though Cat's not playing, you know, they still got studs and uh, um, Anthony Edwards and uh, Rudy Gobert and their best defensive player coming back. So, yeah, it should be a good one. All right, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for being here on a Friday night. Um, we totally appreciate you. Thank you to all the speakers. Again, please bookmark uh, the article in the YouTube video um, that's in the Beamtron. It's good stuff. You you know, it's it's nice to see people giving love to our team uh, instead of that dickhead KOC. Fuck that guy. Seriously. Um, it's ridiculous. It's the most absurd shit I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, cleanse cleanse your timeline and, and take in that. What's up, Torino? Oh yeah, last thing because uh, I know we got a back to back tomorrow. So we're we planning on having space tomorrow, or were we gonna? Uh, no, we're gonna tomorrow. Liz, Liz, Naima, we're touching grass, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I, I, I got, got things to do. <laughs> okay, for sure. Well, I just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, since uh, this will be the last time we speak until then. So. You know, I just had to make sure I uh, sent out the love to everybody in the space uh, for the holidays. Likewise, man. Likewise. Happy holidays to everybody. Um, Yeah, it's my time. I'm getting fat for the winter, guys. I I do not care. I'm all about shortbread cookies right now and shit. It's it's wild. Yeah, no, same. I well, I can't get too fat because you know I got to play basketball for the next like month and a half, so I got to somewhat be in shape. But yeah, the 
probably over the next few days, I'm definitely eating a lot of food. All right, guys. Uh, good stuff, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you. Happy holidays. Be safe out there. Um, and yeah, just be your best version of yourself every day. Um, good day, good night, and like to be.